I don't envy them. I don't want to be in their shoes. And yet I do think there are some lessons that we must draw as a self-governing people about government responses to this pandemic that if we don't, we're simply going to repeat this at some point in our lifetimes. Well, welcome everyone. Hello. Welcome to another episode of What We Can't Not Talk About, the Austin Institute's podcast on the things that are just burning for discussion. With me today, you have two Kevins on the mic. I am Dr. Kevin Stewart, Executive Director of the Austin Institute for the Study of Family and Culture. And with me is Dr. Kevin Roberts, Executive Director of the Texas Public Policy Foundation. Welcome, Kevin. Dr. Kevin Stewart, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Two Kevins on the mics. Uh, So Kevin Roberts earned his PhD in American history from the University of Texas at Austin, served as a history professor in New Mexico before starting a K-12 school, John Paul the Great Academy, uh, in Lafayette, Louisiana. Then he served as president of Wyoming Catholic College. Both schools have earned national reputation and recognition for for their excellence, And then now he is the executive director of the Texas Public Policy Foundation, which, if we may say so, is perhaps the foremost state institution of public policy formation. And uh, their mission is to promote and defend liberty, personal responsibility, and free enterprise in Texas and the nation by educating and affecting policymakers and the Texas public policy debate with academically sound research and outreach. Did I do that right? Gosh, you get an A plus, my friend. Well, that's, that's all very impressive, and we're very pleased to have you here today to talk to us a little bit about prudence. So my big worry in talking about prudence is it sounds like a very fusty, old-school, matronly sort of word. But what we're really talking about is good decision-making about what to do. That's right. You know, I was thinking today about prudence, having reread some Aristotle in the last couple of weeks— And when I see the word prudence, I think of being in a Jane Austen novel, which as a middle-aged guy doesn't necessarily make me smile. But in fact, prudence is something that for those of us who work in government and policy and politics is in a lot of ways the virtue of virtues. And so I think in 2020, those of us who've studied politics and policy, you would be in that category too, Kevin understand that our elected leaders have never been more tested than by what they have experienced this year. And so it's been both fascinating as well as a bit confounding to see their exercise or or not exercise of prudence in the public arena. Yeah, so that is really important. So this podcast is a follow-on to Kevin Roberts' lecture, which is available on our website and our YouTube channel. So there he will expand more fully on all the parts of prudence with respect to politics. But so it's clear that's what we're talking about is prudence in our political leaders. I want to dive right into some of the details. We were just talking, as often happens with podcasts, some of the best things that could have been in the podcast are actually the comments before the mics are on. But we were just talking before this about the unenviable position that a lot of our leaders have been in with respect to the issue that everybody out there knows we're going to talk about if we're talking about politics and prudence in 2020, and that is this pandemic and how because the political leader's job is to have responsibility over the whole community, 
that requires taking into account all the variables. Now you get to see that that process up close and personal because the TPPF is so respected by so many people. He can't say this, so I have to. Up and down. Both <laughs> It'd be our, imprudent of me to say that. That's right. That's right. In, at both at the state level here and, and at the federal level. So talk a bit about the difficulty, like what the decision-making actually looks like from the inside as far as like the volume of uh, data that was being thrown at people, the contrary advice they were receiving. Go through a little bit of what these decisions actually look like for our leaders. You bet. And it has been a privilege to be in the middle of that, serving on Governor Abbott's strike force to reopen Texas. And so I have had the privilege of getting a firsthand view at all of the competing data. And it's competing data because you have on the one hand, epidemiologists, of course, doing their job saying, we've got to slow, if not stop, the spread of this virus. On the other hand, and it usually was on the other hand, pitted against them, would be economists, equally well-intentioned, I would say, because economists, of course, want human flourishing, saying, if we continue this shutdown or expand the regulations of the shutdown, you're actually not just going to harm the economy, you're going to harm people. And so I have seen multiple elected officials, multiple statewide elected officials struggle with that. Not necessarily because when they wake up each day, they're imprudent or not well-intentioned, but because I think any of us would struggle with not just the volume of that data on multiple times a day, but also the fact that this is also happening in an election year. And so especially in the tail end of this pandemic, it's become politicized by both sides. And when I use the verb politicized, I don't necessarily mean that pejoratively because we also know that we're political animals. But the reality is that that has added in the last month or two, especially for uh, governors in particular, mayors in particular, a real level of frustration that I know many of them have struggled with. And so I say that as a, a little bit longer explanation for the the short caveat I often mention when I'm offering some constructive criticism of their leadership, and that is, I don't envy them. I don't want to be in their shoes. And yet, I do think there are some lessons that we must draw as a self-governing people about government responses to this pandemic, that if we don't, we're simply going to repeat this at some point in our lifetimes. Yeah. You've seen a number of places out there, at least I have, especially on social media, people lamenting that science wasn't leading the way on some of these decisions. And part of what we do in it being sort of the scholarly part of my heart is contrarian and says, eh, maybe. What do you think? Oh, man, I want to give you a high five. In fact, I'll say something that many people will really find to be 100% wrong. But in fact, it's right. Science was doing too much of the leading because it's, and, and I won't go into some other examples where I think that's true in modern life, but we have this tendency in 2020, and some of our elected officials have really been prone to it, to assume that because someone is an expert, even in epidemiology, that they're really good at weighing all of the factors that Aristotle would remind us go into practical wisdom, when in fact, the person who can best weigh all of those competing factors is the elected official. That is implicitly and explicitly what the majority of voters were thinking when they elected him or her. And so my biggest criticism, sort of completing this thought of elected officials, is that they didn't trust their own instincts. I'm not suggesting that in the middle of a pandemic— 
an elected official should only keep their own counsel. They need to, they ought to receive the counsel of as many experts as they can. But what I have seen to sum up is an utter lack of courage and decision-making based on their ability to weigh all of those factors. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been able to be elected to statewide office. Yeah, so that actually segues nicely. I want to pivot over to we have an election coming up. I've noticed that. You may have heard. (laughs) Um, The pandemic really heightened, has heightened, it's still ongoing, of course, has heightened this distinction between expertise and prudence, right? Or or just solid common sense, sound decision-making about what to do. If it's not subject matter experts that voters should be looking for in choosing their leaders up and down the ballot, Given what you've seen this year, and I and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have you name names. Thank you. But you've seen some good leadership and you've seen some bad leadership. You've seen some prudent decision making and some imprudent decision making. How has that shaped your own thoughts about what we should be looking for in the leaders who are gonna take us forward into sort of round round two or round three, depending on how you wanna look at it, with this virus and China and all the other problems coming our way, how has this pandemic been a sort of education and what to look for in political leadership? Well, being an optimist, I like to think about what we have learned from the challenges of this year. And that would include examples of poor leadership we've all seen. And and I would say, and I won't name names, that we have seen in the same leader, whomever he or she may be that we're thinking of, good leadership and bad leadership, because there have been multiple phases of this pandemic, multiple phases of government response. But I'm reminded, I think this is the lesson to to get to the heart of your question, that Aristotle would say that one of the best qualities of leadership, in fact, the best quality of leadership, is the virtue of magnanimity. Putting the common good above self-interest. And in reference to, say, the pandemic in a particular state, that would mean that we need to be looking for leaders who are able to weigh all of those recommendations from experts, not to be dismissive of them, but I will just put it plainly, Kevin, to put them in their place. They are merely experts in one field. Whereas in any state, whether it's not well-populated like Wyoming or very well-populated like Texas, the majority of voters in that state discern that that particular person had the ability to make good decisions. And what we're sort of intuiting as voters in that moment, regardless of our other ideological positions, is that that person can make decisions that a good leader makes. And the decisions that a good leader makes weighs all of those factors, doesn't put some disproportionate weight on one set of factors against another, particularly in the realm of a pandemic. And I will sum up by saying, and I mentioned this in my talk earlier, that one of the most egregious examples of experience that's lacking in our leaders today is having made a payroll. And I don't mean that in this crass material way. I'm not that kind of conservative. I think conservatism starts with community and relationships and civic institutions, and for that matter, having liberal friends. 
and rather what I'm saying is that the the lack of experience that some of our state governors have in making a payroll means that they've not been in that moment where they've had to weigh business expansion, employee well-being, for that matter, how employers have themselves had to weigh how you deal with a pandemic. It, to answer your question specifically, that's the recommendation I would be making to your listeners. And it's certainly not a partisan one because we have great business leaders who are members of both major parties. Yeah. I want to ask one more big question that actually your your response there was leading to that kind of brings it all home. And that is, given that we have a regime that depends on uh, leaders being chosen, right? Consent of the governed. Our leaders are chosen by the people. They aren't simply experts. They didn't. They aren't produced. They aren't mandarins who've been produced by a meritocratic system, but rather selected by by the people. So, if we're going to have prudent leaders, and if that's the if that's what we really need, not just experts, but prudent leaders, what kind of citizens do we need to be making ourselves into in order to be the citizens who choose prudent leaders? Oh what man, can- I I love that question because. The, the complaint that we all want to make as Americans about the limitations of our leaders should always come back to us because our leaders reflect us. And so if we see in our leaders a lack of ability or lack of experience in making decisions in a complex environment, if we see in our leaders a lack of courage and standing up to particular factions or groups of experts, that's because we ourselves might exhibit the same characteristics. So the way we, and myself included, obviously, the way we overcome that is to be sure that we understand the, for the example, the founding documents of this country, they confer upon each of us an obligation, not just a right, an obligation on us to participate in the public environment. And but that it goes beyond voting. It goes beyond holding up a yard sign for the candidate you like. It means we have to be engaged in the public square and civil discourse that actually helps our leaders to sort of connect all of those dots, make better decisions in complex situations. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. The, the long and short of it is the imprudence we see in our leaders is often the symptom right? Not the disease or the cause. It's the effect. We have to be on the lookout for that. Well, look, the promise of this podcast is that people give us their coffee break. They will learn something. So that means time-wise, we should we should bring it to a close. We could talk for hours on this stuff. No doubt. We did talk for at least an hour or so. Um, and you can go to the YouTube or our... Um, our website and get the link to the to the rest of Dr. Roberts' talk. I want to thank once more Dr. Kevin Roberts from the Texas Public Policy Foundation for giving the Austin Institute some of his time and for being here today and joining us on this podcast. Thanks so much, Kevin. Thanks for having me. 